Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Kicked Back presented by Uber One. Uber One is a membership that lets you save across Uber Eats, Uber Rides, and everything in between. Enjoy unlimited $0 delivery fees, 5% off of Eats, 5% off of Rides, and if you join Uber One today, you can get your first month free. Visit uber.com slash uberone for details. Liverpool has risen from the dead, Liam, on this episode of Kicked Back. We're going to give love to Liverpool, so welcome to all of the Liverpool fans. You never walk alone, especially on our show here, Kicked Back. <laughs> Liam, how are you? I'm good, and honestly, I, this wasn't planned, but I am wearing my other England jersey, so I'm just going to take a sweater off quickly, Yeah, and then for all you viewers okay. at home, so give me two seconds. Okay. In the meantime, Liverpool fans, let us know in the comments, how are you feeling about the win? Uh, I was paying attention to Barcelona Inter, and then we checked the score. Look at that, Liam. Wow, that's such a clean jersey. I'm sorry. I think it's such a clean jersey. And this is, Liam, for everyone listening, what year is it from? 2002. Okay. This was a 2002 World Cup jersey. Very iconic moments. David Beckham free kick. Yeah. Greece is a big one that people will remember forever. But yeah, there you go. I don't, I don't. Ugliest jersey in the world, according to my dad. No, and (laughs) no, I I respect your dad, of course. But like, I don't, um, I just love a simple jersey. And we know this. I've said this multiple times on the show. I think when there's less happening, it's just a, like, I feel like you could wear this whenever with whatever. I will. I'm going to wear this at weddings. (laughs) You should. (laughs) When you get married, hey? Yes. Andrea. Uh, Yeah. What would Andrea say? (laughs) England shirts. Well, so, well so, I don't know if she'd be too fond about that. <laughs> they say you got to wear white. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're following the trend. Okay. Liverpool fans. How are you feeling? Cause sometimes it only takes one game to change your entire season around. And maybe that was the game against Rangers in Glasgow. Cause it was a seven, one beatdown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guys you were scoring to needed it so bad. Like Nunez grabs a goal. I mean, it was actually been really good for yeah. Liverpool this yep. season to his credit. A couple of goals and Mo Salah. I know. Finally showing up. Welcome to the party, Mo. I know I you're know. not going to the World Cup, but you don't need to take this much of a break off from the start of the season or anything, you know? Like, so great win. Very needed. They should have won this game. probably not, but hey, like this, sometimes this is what you need just to get a bit of a a momentum boost to get things rolling here. And they're in a tough group, Ajax and Napoli as well, still to play. And we'll get to Napoli in a little bit who have been absolutely rolling this season. But on the Liverpool side of things, very needed. On the Rangers side of things, like long, long way to go for them to become European contenders again. I just, I just wish we could talk to Klopp. I'd ask him so many questions, but (laughs) right now I'd ask him, obviously Rangers scored first in the game. They're going into halftime 1-1. What the hell was said for them to come out and and have the second half that they did? Yeah, like you've got to... You got to imagine they got yelled at pretty good, right? Like to come out and do that and like especially away from home, like at Anfield, you can mm-hmm. see like they, they did it against Bournemouth, right? They scored nine against them. I actually have a funny thing to say do, so quickly on that. Do you know Bournemouth are now higher in the table than Liverpool? I saw that. That is unbelievable. I but anyway, um, back to this game. <laughs> we always had to sprinkle a little yeah, shade. Yeah, hey. <laughs> we'll bring him back to reality <laughs> with that well, little stat. They just did so much better in the second half. I'm just got the stats here. So Rangers in the first out of, Six shots to Liverpool's three. 54% possession in favor of Liverpool. Second half, 60% possession. 17 shots for Liverpool. Eight on target. One shot for Rangers. 
They just took over the game like yeah. they should have. Like they did what Liverpool are good enough to do. And the issue with them this season is they just haven't shown up to games. The mm-hmm. games they should have won, they've been not playing their way. And I, I don't know what it is. I do think it's a bit of fatigue. Like to their credit, they were unbelievable last season, played every single game possible. Mm-hmm. And now I think it's backfiring a little bit yep. on them. And you know what? It happens to a lot of big sports teams. Like a team, it happens. Like even when Ferguson was rolling with United, did be years they finished third or fourth. And it's not to say that they're a bad team. It's just sometimes just players get tired and you need to kind of retool a little bit and bring other guys in. And I think it's good to see Nunes get a goal. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of stick on like how bad he's been. I don't think he's been that bad. Obviously, he headbutted someone. Not ideal. But you got to allow <laughs> the guy to sell into the league. And like he's a not Erling Haaland. And those guys are always going to be compared with each other in the Premier League because Nunes was more expensive and they came in at the same time. But at the end of the day, like... Still a good striker. We saw what he did against mm-hmm. Canada right over our friend Alistair Johnson there. But either way, good for Nunes, good for Liverpool, and Mo Salah too. Yeah, and you know what? Just going off of that thought process, Liam, footballers can have an offseason and still be great footballers. And Mo Salah, two goals in the Premier League this season, obviously has gotten so much hate. But we can't forget that he scored 32 goals in one Premier League season, mm-hmm. making history. Last season, he won the Golden Boot. His capabilities as a footballer should never be in question because he's proven himself. So yeah, is he having a slow start? Do we expect more from him? Of course. And I think that we have the right. But when a footballer's on the pitch for 15 minutes and in six minutes manages to score three freaking goals, he's not finished by any means. And this is where it's so frustrating for me because Messi was in the same conversation last season with PSG. Cristiano Ronaldo's experiencing this real time right now. And unfortunately, Mo Salah's kind of been wrapped into that conversation as well. And it's mind blowing to me because when you think of those footballers names that I just dropped, like they're really good. And like I said, they've proven themselves. So Mo Salah comes on that pitch. It was a much needed game for him, for his confidence to kind of get that monkey off the back, off his back. But I mean, at the end of the day, the hate he's received and the criticism he's received, I don't think it's really warranted when this is a guy who's done so much for Liverpool, has proven himself in the Premier League. uh, And of course, we would love to see him go to the World Cup, but just wasn't in the cards for him this year. Yeah, and I think people are frustrated with Salah because of that big ticket he signed. He signed a huge contract. But also, people who say that like he lost motivation of playing now that he signed his contract, I just don't believe that. You just don't do that. Like in any job I feel like you're always just if you love your job you're gonna gonna be motivated to do it right and I think a big thing for Liverpool as well is we speak about it often like Sadio Mane is gone and now you have Diego Jota who hasn't played a lot Mm -hmm. this season so now you have to change your system a little bit to bring Nunes and then all of a sudden Nunes gets his red card and then Firmino's back in the picture and it's just I feel like there's been a lot of change around Salah which hasn't helped him at all and now hopefully like, you want to see the best players be the best. Like, by no means am I a Liverpool fan, but I like seeing entertaining football and I like seeing entertaining players play at the best. And Salah's that guy. And last night was a great example of yeah. what he's able to do. And I do believe we'll start to see it a little bit more. Now, granted, they play City at the weekend, <laughs> which is going to be... That is going to be a game changer for Liverpool. If they beat City at Anfield this weekend, I think they could go on a run and just really turn things around here. Because after that, they have West Ham at home, then they have Nottingham Forest, and they have another home game against Leeds. That's a pretty good run of home games. Then you have Tottenham. And it's like, okay, like you got two really big matches in there with Tottenham and City. And then you have your other games are home games. Mm -hmm. I think all those games are very winnable for Liverpool. City obviously is going to be a challenge, but maybe this is a turning point for them in the season. I really, because you know it only takes one moment, one game, mm-hmm. and it's not impossible for Liverpool. I've been saying this for so long on our show. Injuries are an excuse for this team when they have the talented players on the pitch that they do that. A lot of those guys were in the conversation last season helping Liverpool potentially win that quadruple that they were so desperate to win. Um, so I'm very, very happy for Mo Salah. Firmino, 12 games, eight goals, four assists. Yeah. He's really been kicking, you know, doing everything properly, and I think he really needed to kind of have this start to the season that he's having because he's been criticized heavily as well. Um, But just, you know, Liverpool fans, you know, big game against Man City, just like Liam said, but not impossible. Not impossible. We, We haven't written Liverpool off, but I'm hoping that this game kind of 
gave them the confidence to be like, we don't have a coaching issue. We don't have an injuries issue. We just needed to maybe deal with the changes that have happened within our starting 11 and within the club. And that's a big confidence boost. Also, Rangers, uh, Scott Arfield played for the Canadian national team. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. Canadian. Yeah, yeah. 2016 I, I, to 2019. You know what? I thought I recognized his name quite a lot. I'm sure he used to play for like in the Premier League too, for like Burnley or something like that as well. But Liverpool right now, sitting in 10th, they have 10 points. Mm-hmm. Man City have 23. <laughs> Obviously a tall order. However, last Christmas, Liverpool were way back of the title race and then finished one behind. All it takes is some momentum to bring this back up. And now... The the injuries like we've spoken about, those players are now coming back into the team. Mm-hmm. Like Matip's back, like Thiago's going to be back soon, and like Nunes doesn't have his suspension. Jota's on his way back. Like this team is getting to full strength, and now those players like Harvey Elliott and Fabinho Cal- Fabio Carvalho, yep. they've now had the match experience of playing in these games. Like Harvey Elliott scored last night. He scored a great goal the other week as well. Like uh, Carvalho scored the game winner against Newcastle mm-hmm. in the 97th minute. Like these young guys now have the experience and I think it almost makes them stronger. So I really, I, I'm not going to put money on Liverpool to win this weekend, <laughs> but if they did beat City, I would not be surprised at all. What would you, what would you put money on City? Would you put money on a Holland? People are saying they should start putting money on an Erling Holland hat trick. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do like, you can bet on like, yeah, multiple, I believe it's multi goals. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I mean, at the moment, why wouldn't you? You're going to get a better payout on doing that rather than just scoring one goal. So if I was going to put money on this, I would sprinkle a little bit on Liverpool. Yeah, they're going to be the they're not going to be the favorites. It's at Anfield, like home team, right? Like I didn't expect Arsenal to lose to United the other day, and then they lost. And like we also at the start of the season didn't expect Arsenal to be first in the league. But like, yeah, crazy things are happening. Like and like it's like I just mentioned, like Bournemouth ahead of Liverpool. If I there was a bet to show me that after that nine 0 loss, I would not have put money on that thing. So sometimes you gotta you gotta yeah. risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> What do you think the over under would be on a Klopp Pep fight? Oh, a fight. I think, hmm, I would put money on Klopp to start the fight. Yeah, That's Klopp. what I would do. I think Klopp's angry right now. Klopp's an instigator, yeah, man. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's making some comments that I'm not a fan of, to be honest. What are his I, comments? I might have missed them. So the other day, uh, Didi Haman made this comment. He's a former Liverpool. He won the Champions League with Liverpool okay. in 2005 when they beat Milan. And there's actually a Bolton story in there too. Somewhere. I'll say Always. That. I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. So, so he played for Liverpool and now he, he goes on these radio shows and he's one of those fun players who gives his opinion. And he just said, he's like, I think this Liverpool team needs a spark. Like they need something to boost them up a little bit, which is true. Fair. Like it's a fair comment. <laughs> yeah. So a journalist asked Klopp, he's like former Liverpool player, Didi Hamann, like said this and he's like, what do you think that spark could be? And Klopp essentially was like, uh, why are you why are you using another man's comments? Like, think of your own questions. And it's like, that's not really fair, I don't think. Like, it's a very reasonable question to ask. Like, a former player asked you this, and now you're kind of just giving it to this media member. Like, it doesn't seem fair. Klopp, to me, um, you know, in his, his, his comments are crazy sometimes, and everyone talks about them, but I just always feel like he has this backhanded way of protecting his players. Yeah. Without really answering the question or explaining a bad loss, he just makes up an excuse or says something like that to just protect the narrative of the team. In a way, I really respect it because I would want to play for a manager like that, um, but I can understand frustration from, you know... That's a good way to put it. You can clearly see that now that yeah. you say that, like he's going out to protect his players, but I... I didn't think that was an unreasonable question to us. Like, what was it? Who'd they play the other week? And they, they, I got it up here. So they lost to Arsenal and then they drew to Brighton. So their last Premier League win was August 31st against Newcastle in that late winner. Like, that's not an unreasonable question. No, by any means. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you were literally one point off winning the Premier League last season. You haven't won in three straight games. What are you going to do to change it? I bet I, again, yeah, I agree. I think it's fair. I just think, I don't know. Yeah. Klopp's. Here I we love are. It. Yeah, it's Klopp. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we can't answer it, but I just it's interesting, I think. Klopp's gonna be the instigator. Pep is gonna get take it personally, and there's gonna be magic. Pep makes me laugh because when he makes comments about people, can you hear my chair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he he always says that, oh, that team's so great, and then it's like, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy, this manager does such a good job, and then they go out and win like five yeah, <laughs> nil. It's I, like, well, 
how good of a job are they really doing at the end of the day? But they make me laugh, these managers with the comments. It's always mind games. Isn't it's it? the it's, best. And it's working on me. I live they for it. Me, yeah. I yeah. live for it. And specifically Mourinho. When he want, when Mourinho decides he's going to say something, yeah. there's, there's, you don't read between the lines. Like it's clear yeah, what it's he's trying to say. Obvious. <laughs> yeah. Very obvious. Um, speaking of managers, Xavi's Barcelona are in uh, a very, I hate this term, but they're in a pickle. They're in a pickle, Liam, because if Inter beat Victoria Pleasant in their next game in the Champions League, Barcelona's on their way to the Europa League. And who called it? Me. This guy right here. Whale, whale, whale. Okay. How do you, how are you feeling right now? I feel, you know what? (laughs) I feel good because, not because I was, I don't want to just shit on Barcelona, but at the end of the day, like it's, it it's not like they've been a powerhouse for the last three years, three or four years, like whatever. Like Barcelona is in a retooling phase. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of good players. Lewandowski, Pedri, Gavi, Dembele. Like the list really goes on. But also they have a very ex- inexperienced manager in Xavi. Mm-hmm. And it takes time. Like I think you have to respect, respect the game. And just because you put so much money into short-term success like Barcelona have, doesn't mean you're going to get it. And then you get a team like Inter who... Went into the knockout series last season. They almost won Serie A. Like, there wasn't enough respect put on Inter Milan to actually come out of this group. And at the end of the day, now it's showing. Like, Inter came very, very close to winning that game of the new camp. Like, right at the end of the game, they that guy probably should have passed the ball instead of shooting it. And then, you know, and now, like you said, like, Inter basically have to lose both their games and Barcelona have to win both their games to get through. And it's just... I just, it's not going to happen. At the end of the day, Victoria Pleasant isn't a good enough team to be beating teams like Inter Milan in the Champions League. And now Barcelona has to beat Bayern Munich as well. Yeah, I could not agree more. That game was crazy. I even tweeted yesterday. I said, uh, Liam was completely right. He called us on kicked back. And then next thing you know, Lewandowski is putting another one in the back of the net. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this game's crazy. We love to see it in the Champions League. But the reality is, is that Barcelona is just not a consistent team. Last season at the beginning of April, Liam, Barcelona were on a 15 game unbeaten streak, which was the longest of any side in Europe's top five leagues. Literally everyone, including me, was living for Xavi ball. That's all we were talking about. By the end of that same month, they lost three straight home matches in the same season for the first time ever. So I sit back and I'm like, what's the problem? And this is no disrespect to Xavi and the team he's putting together because he has some incredible talent on that pitch. However, the reality is, is they were inconsistent last season and they're bringing that inconsistency into the season this season. That's why I wasn't sold on this Barcelona team. And no matter what way Barcelona fans cut this and look at it. The reality is, is you cannot just blame the refs. You cannot just blame VAR because there is no way that they should be missing the knockout stage last year in the Champions League and be in this position again this season in the Champions League. They are too good of a team. We hold them to too high of a standard to be in this position again. And it's it's crazy. This is no disrespect to, to the team. I think that they're one of the best clubs in the world. But when you have this kind of talent on your squad and you're about to miss out on your second champions league mm-hmm. knockout stage. And you're, you're the conversation is the Europa league. It's bad. It is bad. And like you said, like not to like give it to Xavi, I think yeah. he will be a really good yeah. manager and they should definitely stick by him. But he also has only managed in the Qatar leagues. Like he's not, mm-hmm. he doesn't have the experience. Like a lot of these other managers do. Yeah. And that's, it's not his fault. Like he's he's taking his role and he's, he's doing a good job. Like Barcelona are better than they were last season. Yep. There's no dispute now. Under him, they're a better football team, but they're just not there yet. And next season, when we have this conversation about the Champions League, and as long as they don't get put in a group with like I don't know Man City mm-hmm. and Bayern Munich or whatever it is, like I think they will eventually get to that point and they'll become the European giants that we know and love and. But right now, I just don't see it. Like, I just don't I don't think they play well enough. And they're just relying on Lewandowski to score every single week. And yes, obviously, when you have a strike like that, you rely on him to score goals. But at Bayern Munich, he had the supporting cast. At Barcelona, right now, he really only has Dembele that's really yeah. contributing to anything. And it's just not a recipe for success. And I wouldn't be surprised if they went down to the Europa League and didn't do well like they did last season. We all thought they were going to roll over Frankfurt. And then they didn't. And Frankfurt went on to win. And like, 
the Europa League to go into that a little bit is is a t- it's tough. Like there's a lot of good teams, and a lot of these teams play to win it and go into the Champions League. And also, a lot of these teams that are in there haven't had a lot of European yeah. success before and take it very seriously. Like last year, we saw Rangers and Frankfurt was a final. Mm-hmm. Well, Rangers got smoked seven one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, besides that, like. It means a lot to these teams, and I don't think it means anything to like teams like Barcelona and like even Manchester United a little bit when they've fallen into it. You know that these teams want to be in the Champions League, and I think you lose momentum. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to happen this season. And Barcelona fans are going to be left disappointed, but they're competing for La Liga, and, and that should be the goal for them right now. Hundred percent. And when you think about the teams that do really well, Bayern Munich, Manchester City, Real Madrid, the the main, like the common denominator amongst those teams is yes, the talent that they have on the team, the coaching that they have, but also the fact that they are consistent. You can't have, um, you know, a game where Lewandowski is getting a hat trick here and we're talking about this and Barcelona won this game. And then all of a sudden be in this position for the second year in a row. Consistency matters so much in football. And that's just something that Barcelona is lacking. And I agree with you, Liam, it might be because they just haven't had enough time together. But the conversation that Barcelona was in when the Champions League groups were announced was that they're going to win because this is a new build Barcelona. Well, guess what? Welcome to reality. Welcome to yeah. reality. That's I've said reality 1 million times on this podcast. Um, so take a shot every single time I've said it and <laughs> you guys will feel good for the rest of the day. But it's true. And that's a hard, <laughs> that's a hard thing maybe for Barcelona fans to face right now, but the future looks bright just right now. You know, I'm not, I'm not like, yeah, they're the best club in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, do you know what too? You, like we've both said, like a team's starting to gel. Gavi and Pedri both played in the midfield yesterday. They are yep. both very good football players, but they're both very inexperienced. Yeah. And you look at the inter midfield, like Nikitarian and Barella, both very experienced mm-hmm. players in European football. Like Barella just won the uh, Euros with Inter, like, uh, sorry, Italy. And also one thing I want to touch on, I said this a few weeks ago, Barcelona don't haven't played anyone in La Liga. They're, these are the teams they've played. They've like the best team they've played is Real Sociedad, who was the second game of the season. Other than that, like they haven't played anybody, and it matters when you get to oh, yeah. this. Like next, up, they have a pretty tough run coming up: Real Madrid, Villarreal, and Athletic Club. That's tough, and then Valencia too. But you almost wanted those games earlier on in the season so you can prepare for the the better the fixtures, right? Like you look at Inter Milan. They just played AC Milan a couple of weeks ago. Yep. That's a massive game. Like, they have to get up for that game. And I, I do think with this team, like, Real Madrid's different because they're an experienced team. They've they've played big games in the Champions League and all that. With this Barcelona team, they haven't yet. And they haven't played big games in La Liga recently either. Mm-hmm. And then I, I genuinely believe that really affects what goes on in the Champions League and the inexperience. And now it's coming into play and... Barcelona fans aren't going to like it, but it's just kind of, you got to take those hits. Yeah. And think about even the mental side of the game for Barcelona last season. Like I said, they failed to make the knockout rounds of the champions league and then finished 13 points behind Madrid in La Liga. They're coming into this season, feeling like they have something major to prove and almost feeling that pressure that they have to perform because they have all these new signings. Xavi, Xavi ball has to come back. Lewandowski's on the team. One of the best number nines in the world where a team like Real Madrid's like, we're solid. We're good. We just lost our star holding midfielder Casemiro to United, but we've got two other players who can come in easily and fill his role and we're flying. Right. So it's like Real Madrid will always have that pressure because they want to be at the top and stay at the top. And they want to do things that, you know, beat records that haven't been done before. But I think it's a different kind of feeling in a team when maybe Barcelona is scrambling a little and Real Madrid's just calm, cool and collected. Do you know, it's funny when I'm just, kind of putting this through my head a little bit and like Inter Milan haven't been great in Serie A yeah. this season they're, they're not even in Champions League spot right now but I was just looking so they've played Roma, Lazio and AC Milan mm-hmm. start the season I think AC Milan's kind of struggling a little <laughs> bit with a bit of Barcelona syndrome in the sense of like yes they won Serie A last year and they're obviously a good team but they also aren't at that level yet either where they can compete for the Champions League and all that and these two teams, like they, like I said, you just got to take your hits and kind of keep progressing and not take too much mm-hmm. of a, a swing to the to the fence to like try and boost yourself. Like both really good teams, both with a lot of talent. I just think you just got to keep playing. Like just keep going. Like who knows what's going to happen? Like maybe Victoria plays and mm-hmm. 
Beeson's man. I truly hope not, so I can be right. But yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, like it's the Champions League. Like we didn't expect Maccabi Haifa to beat uh, Juventus the yeah. other day, but here we are. No, I totally agree. And I love you bringing up that AC Milan point because I could not agree more because they have been, maybe they are even the poster team of inconsistency. They they beat... Inter Milan in the in the derby and then they go and they beat Juventus and then after coming out of both of those two games they're losing in the Champions League mm-hmm. right those are two big games that they have to get up for in Serie A and then they come out and they go and play Champions League and they're not able to kind of convert the same results so consistency to me is probably the most important thing when it comes to a team if you have a team who can do it on some days and can't figure it out on other days you know you're not going to find success so that's something Barcelona has to figure out Xavi knows what he's doing and uh He's one of the best players to have ever touched the ball in the sport of football. Uh, So he can understand the game from a player's perspective. And I think he recently said that there's that Barcelona don't even deserve to be in the champions league. So that's a big statement from someone who's been such a, you know, soldier in the sport. So we'll see what they do. A true winner. Yeah. Really? Hey, it's not like Barcelona. Like when Javi got there, they were lighting it up. Like him, Iniesta, Puyol, like they, they were in there when Messi was young and they progressed together. And that's what Barcelona right now is going to do, I think. There, there's pieces missing. Like, I don't think Marcus Alonso is a great player. I was surprised he went there this summer. But they've got a good squad. Yeah. They'll be back. They'll be fine. I'm not I'm not here to crap on anyone's <laughs> no. parade. But they're going to be, they'll be a good team. I agree. Uh, what do you think it's like for Busquets to be coached by Xavi? Um, I bet he has a lot to say. I bet he has a lot of opinion on the team. Yeah, I wonder what that dynamic's like. Yeah, you know, that's interesting to bring up because it's even like um, when Wayne Rooney was finishing his United career, like Ryan Giggs was one of the <laughs> coaches on the team. And, and you know, it's, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it, to like kind of to kind of have that. I guess you would have re- so much respect for him. Of course. He, do you know what? He's probably been coaching him forever anyway. He's yeah, probably, probably helped him so much. He's probably, he's probably happy to have that <laughs> same thing. But yeah, like I... I would suspect that guys like Busquets, like maybe Jordi Alba, like more PK. The, yeah, like those yeah. kind of guys who have been around f- through the success and now into this. I bet, I bet they have a lot of it to say with Xavi. Like I, I bet, you I anyway, bet he gives yeah. them a good voice in the dressing room. But it would be weird. It'd be very weird the first few weeks for sure. Like it'd be odd, but. I'm sure hopefully they got used to it now. And if they haven't, maybe that's the issue. Yeah. Just gets out. Could <laughs> <laughs> you imagine we start the hashtag and all of yeah. a sudden start trending? No one has any idea why. Uh, yeah, I feel like Xavi, I don't know Xavi, obviously, but I feel like he's, uh, he looks like a nice guy. He looks like an honest person. Uh, I, I just have a hard time thinking he would ever come down on, on those guys that he played with. He looks like the kind of guy that understands the situation. Yeah. Like he looks like a, a very smart man who isn't going to stand there and think, I can't believe we're in this situation. Like, I think he's very aware of where they're at. You saw the way he celebrated the goals yesterday. I think he's very passionate about yeah. Barcelona. And I think that's, that's key in all of this. Like Pep was very similar, you know, like he, they love the team. And I think that's what makes Barcelona beat is when they have people around that team who love the team. And that's what Xavi brings. And I, you know, I, I hope they get back to the success, but I'm also glad a little bit because of the way everything was handled in the summer that now it's kind of coming back to bite them a little bit. It's like, you know, sometimes you, you need that reality check to bring it all back. We said that though, at the start of the season, we're like this, this Barcelona team was messy last season. It's messy at the start of this season. Um, when there's these kinds of like drama and these headlines before games, the team can't be super focused on one objective. We're seeing that with PSG and, and, you know, Barcelona in a different sense, but yeah, we see, we've seen it with United for years too. And now they can't find the success teams. We don't see it with Bayern Munich, right? Manchester city, Arsenal at the moment, Real Madrid, Real Madrid. Now all those four teams are thriving. I know. And, you know, maybe maybe that's what people need to realize. I think Pep said the other day, uh, someone asked him, why haven't you won the Champions League or something along those lines? And he goes, because Real Madrid's Real I, Madrid's there. Yeah, what is it? Real Madrid's Real Madrid or whatever, yeah. something like that. He said, yeah, and I mean, people make it seem like it's incredibly easy to do. Like <laughs> what Real Madrid has done the last few years of winning it is historic. Mm-hmm. And when teams like Porto win it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And like, yeah, like, I think people don't give enough credit to how difficult it is. And the fact that Pep's been to a Champions League final and he's been to semi-final of City, it's massive. Like this is like City, 
when I was growing up, and I'm sure we all remember this, we're not a great team. I remember when they lost like 8-1 to Middlesbrough in the last game of the Damn. season. And now this has only been a project for like 12, 15 years-ish. Like, doesn't happen overnight, mm-hmm. people. Like, it's got to, they got to give him time. And, and City are right there. Right? Oh. They're right there. They're one of the best teams in the world, arguably the best team. Like, again, I'm not worried about City. They'll be fine. And they pep probably isn't going to leave until he wins a Champions League. I, you know what? Here's a take. I bet Pep never manages a different team. I wow. think he'll just be at City forever. What I just don't see what else he has to achieve. And I just feel like he, lo- he loves the team so much. Yeah. He gets such joy. You see him ha- talking to his players and... and- almost welcoming them when they get come off the pitch, when they get subbed off and everything. I don't know. You just, I feel a sense of that. That team's like a family. Yeah. He feels like a man of legacy. Yeah. And I think the legacy in Manchester right now is Sir Alex Ferguson. Oh, yeah. Is he like, I think Pep wants to pass him. I think Pep wants to become the best Premier League manager ever. Wow. And I think he's going to have to be there for a long time to accomplish everything Sir Alex did. He's going to like Sir Alex only won two Champions Leagues. No one really mentions that too often either. Like one of the people he regard the greatest manager ever as maybe, maybe three, like two or three, whatever it was. Like, it's not like he was rolling them out yeah. every year. Yeah. So that, that's the thing with uh, Ancelotti. Ancelotti. Like that's what makes him so incredible. I agree. Um, and I don't know. I just think maybe even one episode, maybe when there's a city does something big or cities, hopefully in the champions league final, we should talk about the, the credit Pep deserves for building this team. Yeah. Because we always talk about the individual guys on that team, but Pep's put together these talented footballers. And sometimes it's just the right players in the right positions and all these pieces coming together where we've said many times on our show from, from top to bottom, they're, they're seamless. Yeah. And that, that, that's a lot of credit to Pep. Good old Pep. I see a lot of these things online where well, like Liverpool, you've probably seen them too. Well, Liverpool and City are playing this weekend. So people are like, my combined Liverpool City 11, it should just be City plus Allison. Honestly. Like, that's probably, it's probably what it is right now. Uh, maybe you can throw Thiago in there, but I just don't really see any, there's very few players from other teams that could get into the City team. Very, very few. And there's very few players in the league that could probably enter City's second team, to be yeah. honest. Like, they just, they're unbelievable, but those, I actually, we should maybe mix one of those in one of these yeah. days. A little, a little uh, combination. Yeah, we should. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Okay, let's quickly get to Napoli. Uh, Because Napoli, we, you know, we said on this show when the Champions League group stages were released, put a nice star for our boys at Napoli. Right now, top scorers in the Champions League, top scorers in Serie A, unbeaten in all 13 matches played. They are on a tear. They are being noticed. They Every single football account in the world is talking about them, and it's the most deserved publicity for this club and their fans right now. And look at the players they lost as well. Yeah. They lost three legends, three club legends in Mertens, Koulibaly, and Insigne who went to Toronto mm-hmm. FC. <laughs> and now they're first in the Serie A? They've top in their 
Champions League group with Ajax, Liverpool, Rangers. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable what mm-hmm. they've been able to do and, like, just how seamless the transition has been. And now, like, we said it, like you said, like, they're just such a good team. And I really think this could be, a, they could go all the way. They could go all the way. I And I wouldn't be shocked at all. Like, they got to put respect on them and, We've said it tons of times too, like Serie A is a difficult league right now. There's like probably like eight, nine teams, I suppose, that are really competitive in that league. And Napoli's at the top and they haven't lost a game and they've conceded seven goals while scoring 22. Like it's, <laughs> I don't know. And they've got this Georgian guy. What are they calling him now? They're calling him Cavaradonna. Cavaradonna. That's what I'll call him. That's what I we're calling him because I can't pronounce respectfully the first half or the last half of his last name. Yeah. And Brett actually did a really good job of pronouncing it on uh, Sunday league pundit. So maybe we'll just like roll Ooh, yeah. the clip over <laughs> exactly. every time we go to say it. Um, but yeah, him and just their attack is what intrigues me so much. And just the layers that they come with. And I think it's funny how after they beat Liverpool, like there was just like a little bit of talk about it, but now there's like a tons. It's like, oh, they're real. Like, it's like, how how is it taking so long mm-hmm. for the world to really notice this team? And you know, I love that Polish guy they have Zielinski. too, Zielinski. Yeah, unreal. He's so good. He's yeah. one of my guys to watch out for at the World Cup for Poland. Yeah, and they have um, Osman, great player. Yep. Oh I, yeah, Osman yeah, was yeah, great against great. Liverpool. Yeah, I um, I think he'll make his way to the Premier League eventually. But yeah, overall, Napoli like. Let's stop sleeping on them. Yeah. Let's actually put some respect on the name and just watch them. I, th- Like I said, I think they can at least semifinals for oh, me. I, at I, least. I don't doubt it. You know, we were talking about Cavada Donna. He's been getting that praise because of everything he's been doing right now. 13 appearances, seven goals, seven assists. They're saying a player who does it all. Obviously playing homage to Maradona, uh, who we all know was did so much for that Napoli club when he was, when he signed there. Sorry, there's, I don't know what's happening. I think someone's vacuuming. Yeah. (laughs) So if you can hear that, I apologize. (laughs) Um, But you know, obviously Maradona has done so much for the club and Cavaradona is now getting that same type of spotlight, that same type of respect, which is so cool to see um, because Napoli's just come out of the woodworks. And we've been speaking to this the entire podcast. Sometimes it just takes time for these clubs to, you know, get their footing and figuring out the players and the right pieces and the managers. And they've done that because they've just come out of nowhere. And as much as there was the conversation about Cristiano Ronaldo going to Napoli, and as much as I wanted to see it happen because I wanted Ronaldo out of United... I'm glad that Napoli, I have a feeling it was Napoli who said no to Ronaldo. Cause I yeah. do think Ronaldo at the end of the day would want to be in the champions league. I think he just wants, yeah. Anyway, Victoria Plaza, yep. if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I have so much respect for Napoli to say no, mm-hmm. because our team is good enough to do it without adding a massive superstar. Like we have our own superstars. That's that, that gives so much respect and confidence to someone like this Cavada Donna guy saying, okay, my coach and, and the president of our club believes in me and that I can do it. And that the, the team around me can do it, yeah. that we don't need someone who's as unbelievable as Ronaldo to get the job done. Yeah. Because he's probably going to, at the end of the day, I think this guy's going to go down as maybe this is too hard of a take right away, but I think he's going to be one of the greats. Well, I truly do. Like he's so, so fun to watch, and he's he feels different. Yeah, he feels very different. It's um, so he's obviously Georgian, and I was just looking here. So him and Holland will play against each other in qualifying. Cool, which is a cool little thing, and then Spain as well. Like, I don't think it's long before we see this guy at a massive club. Like Napoli is obviously a yep. good European team, but. They're not as big. Like if Basel, I wouldn't be shocked if this guy's at like Basel in like two or three years, maybe even less. Like I doubt they'll wait around that long. Like I said, he's only 21. He's doing this to Serie A right now. Like these teams are watching. Yeah. These teams are definitely watching. 21 years old too. Like we're, yeah. we just, it's just such an exciting time for us. Like we, we talked about this on the show before we grew up with the greats. Obviously we don't need to name who the greats are. And now we're watching them kind of eventually transition into retirement. And we're seeing this next generation come up and yeah. who's going to establish themselves of, of the Messi's and the Ronaldo's of our generation. You yeah. know, and this it, guy's going to be in the conversation. It feels like, um, do you know what? The Ballon d'Or is getting handed out pretty quick yeah. here, like in next week. Yeah. Next week. Hey, yeah, next week. So I think next year he'll be on that. He'll be on the ballot. Like he'll, he'll, he'll have, he'll get some votes. 
for whatever. I don't think he'll win, but he'll be on the list. And that was just a step for him. And I, it's crazy that Napoli just found this guy in the Georgian league. Like who's, who's looking, yeah. who's looking there, you know, like, so yeah, like good for him. Good for Napoli. I hope this success continues yeah. because I really enjoy watching them. Them and Lazio. I, you know, I said yeah. it, I said it way back, but Lazio are a weird team. I just they give me weird vibes, but I I, I enjoy watching them. I enjoy watching them. Weird vibes. Um. Okay. To finish off our Champions League conversation, let's give props to the Canadians. Liam, I'm gonna let you take this one because you're this was your finding. Yes. So Club Bruges, mm-hmm. top of a uh, top of group. What are they? Group E, Group B, with Porto, Atletico Madrid, and uh, Bayer Leverkusen. They haven't conceded a goal. In four games, they haven't conceded a goal. The top of the group with 10, with Porto and Leverkusen to play. To me, that says they're qualifying to the next round. And they have our two Canadian boys, Buchanan and Kyle Lahren. Buchanan scored against Atletico Madrid. Actually, Alistair Johnson mentioned it in our interview with him. Go check that one out. It's very good. Um, <laughs> Porto with Estacchio. He's playing every game. Every single game for them. And he's playing so, so good at the moment. So those two teams, like... There's three Canadian players that are going to the World Cup with Canada playing in the Champions Four, League. Four, because then Davies, right? I was going to say, and oh. then you have Alfonso Davies, who obviously we all know from Bayern Munich and just how world-class he is. And it's just, it's so great to see these Canadian players thriving. They're, like, they're not just going to these European teams to be squad players. Like They're going to like be parts of the starting eleven and to like make an impact and just become better players and helping grow the game in Canada. And it's, if you're a fan, like watch these players, like support them as much as you can. Like if you see Buchanan score, like say go Buchanan, I don't know, but like whatever it is, like just, they deserve it so much. And they're doing so much for the game in Canada. It's, it's great. It's great to see. It's, it's exactly all of this is almost like a perfect storm for football in Canada, Canadian footballers, you have four guys going in to play Champions League football or football with some of the best teams against some of the best opposition, and then they're going to carry that into the World Cup. Hopefully, let's pray everyone stays healthy, but they're playing against some of like mm-hmm. the highest competition. You want that before going right before you, you go and play a Croatia and a Belgium, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I just am so freaking proud of these guys. You know that they're feeling good. You know that their confidence is high. Um, they're getting really good touches on the ball, which is so, so important as a footballer right before a big tournament. And I don't know. I'm really excited about this picture and what it might look like for Canada at the World Cup. You yeah. can't sleep on them. They've got really good individual players. Yeah, they do. And we were so close to getting uh, Borgian in the World Cup too. <sighs> so, so close. And uh, it was actually Maccabi Haifa scored like a known goal in the yeah. 95th minute to knock him out. So that would have been that would have been great as well. But uh, it's not going to be long before this tournament is just filled with Canadians. Like They're coming. Watch out, world. Yeah, they're watch coming. We got Alistair Johnston. Kamal Miller. Mm-hmm. There's so many guys. Uh, the other kid on uh, Montreal, I can't remember his name, Ismail Cohn. Yes. yes. He's in the, yeah, 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 yeah. He's the next one coming through. There's Jonathan Davids playing for yeah, Leo. Yeah, like we've yeah. seen him in the Champions League. Like they're coming, world. Look out. Yeah. Don't Look sleep out. on them, guys. We warned you. Okay. World Cup power rankings presented by our friends at Uber One. Uh, so. Yeah, Liam, you know the drill. We rank our two teams. Yes. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Right now, I want to remind everyone that Uber One is the next generation of Uber Eats. Uh, so now instead of just saving on food delivery with your Eats Pass, you have an Uber One membership that provides discounts on both Uber and Uber Eats and grocery, which to me is huge because my days get busy, Liam, and we're busy working and we're busy watching you know, so many football matches that if Someone can just deliver me groceries. Yeah. That saves me getting in my car, going there, actually doing the groceries and coming back. So that to me is like the biggest perk of it all. So yeah. Some time on the weekend too. Oh my too. gosh, right? You know, you're having a little lazy Sunday and then your significant other's like, hey, we got to go yeah. grocery shopping. It's like, ugh. This I know. is the last thing I want to do. You don't want to do laundry or something instead? No, like, sh- <laughs> don't make me leave the house. But right? yeah, Uber One, like it's got everything you want all yep. in one. Yeah, there you go. I love it. Yeah, $0 delivery free when you be, fee when you become a member, $5 off of rides and eats. Sign up today. Join Liam and I in our Uber One membership. Yes. Yes. All okay. are welcome. Perfect. Okay, uh, Germany. Yes. They are ranked. 
pretty highly in FIFA World Cup rankings. They're a great, great nation for football. Always have been. I, I yeah. agree. Yep. I agree. I remember growing up and I have this in my notes. Um, they would just always have been, and I still think till this day, they are just such a, they are the perfect mix for me of an athletic, strong team, but mm -hmm. still have very technical players. Yeah. And the combination of those two is the powerhouse that you get in Germany. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a reason why they've just yeah. been like, they, they have such a good youth system that they yeah. just keep bringing these players in. It's similar styles for forever now. Yeah. You know, I, Personally, as an England fan, I enjoy it when Germany don't win many games. <laughs> but yeah. my favorite one um, of German teams is when they won the World Cup. Yeah. You know, you have Miroslav Klose, like what a legend for the game. And now they're obviously in a new era with Kimmich, um, Jamal Musiala yep. too. Like what a player he I is. Sa uh, Leroy Sané, like they're going to be a threat of this World Cup. And maybe they're not as great as they have been in the past, but you still can't... Mm -hmm. Still can't doubt the Germans. They still got Manuel Neuer in between in goal there as well. So. Yeah, I completely agree. That's what I have in my notes here too. I said that they still have teams with that experience. Neuer, Muller, um, you know, just just guys who are cruise guys that are just such <laughs> solid, solid footballers. But then you get that wave of young generational talent coming in. Uh, yeah. that's going to be really, you know, that's what kind of, in my opinion, what's going to set them apart a little bit when we were growing up. Think about the names on Germany, Schweinsteiger, Balak, Klose, Podolski, Boateng. Mm. These are all coming to me like real time. Yeah, I'm like, trying to think of it, you know, Mario Gomez. Like, Gomez. Mario Gomez, like he didn't stick around for long, but he got the World, yeah. Cup, World Cup winning goal. Like, yeah, like just legend after you know? legend, like if you want to go way back. And, and I just Bauer. think that even with this, this side coming through, there are still legendary players. I love Cruz. I think he is actually one of the best midfielders in the world. Um, you're going to start to see that in this wave of, of this new Germany team. Uh, I've in my personal rankings, I have them at third, third, third. I really think that this is a team that I, that isn't expected to do as well of the, as they've done in the past, so I think that they're going to do better than expected. Mm -hmm. And I would not be surprised if they won are just because of the way they're built. Yeah. Yeah. I, Hey, I wouldn't be there. Are they, um, your highest European team? Yes. Yeah. I'm assuming your one, two is probably the same as my yes. one. Two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll save those for another time. No spoilers <laughs> on this show. Um, I have Germany a little lower for one reason. And I think it's because all European teams are all exactly the same. I think they all have the flaws. I think they all have the pros. And I just don't see many of them outweighing the other. So I, this is tough to rank, but I, I have them six. Oh, so I have them a little bit lower, but I have the three other, like obviously I have England, who said that on the first time we did this, higher than them. And then, you know, I again, like I think they could do really well at this World Cup, especially with how poorly they did last time, finishing bottom of the group and not getting out of there. They're going to want to rebound one. And their group isn't overly difficult. Like they have Costa Rica and Japan, who, yes, are both good nations when it comes to the World Cup, and they have Spain. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that Spain is anything too crazy to shout about either. Not so. like when we were growing up. No, 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 yeah. definitely not. Like these two teams were probably the best two teams in Europe for a long mm -hmm. time. And now they've taken a step back a little bit. And like France and England and Belgium, I suppose, are kind of coming through now yep. as those bigger teams in Europe. So, yeah, I have them in six. I think they'll do very well at the World Cup. I would not be surprised to see them in like a semifinal or something like that. What's a, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Do you have a Germany moment at the World Cup that lives rent-free in your mind? Yeah, but it's it's not about Germany. It's okay. about England. Okay, well, still, yeah. So, yeah. so England played Germany at the 2000 and I think it was 2010 World Cup. And Frank Lampard had that shot. And so England lost the game 4-2 or 4-1, whatever yes, it was. Yes, yes. And he had the shot right after England scored to get back in the game. And it clearly went over the line by like two feet and then bounced out. But that's like my one moment against him. But the one moment I always remember is um, Tony Cruz's free kick against Sweden at the last World Cup. That. that was a big one. And I believe if I'm remembering correctly, let me just go back here. When they hosted the World Cup in 2006... I think Philip Lom scored like oh, an. That's another one. Yeah, that's a big one. It's a big one. <laughs> so this was this was when he was young, but he scored a massive goal like really far out in that first game against Costa Rica. Let me just pull it up quickly here to see. Yeah, in the first six minutes of the game, he scored an absolute screamer, and that's one that I'll always remember because that's like the first World Cup I think I truly tuck in as a as an 
I guess a true football fan. Like 2002, like I remember yeah. moments, like I remember actually, because it was in South Korea, so the time difference was massive for everyone. But um, when I was at school in England, they actually, you could go to school early and watch England play Crazy. in the assens- uh, assembly room, but it was on a TV and it probably wasn't even as, as big as my laptop. So you're like sat there, <laughs> going to get there pretty early to see what was going on, but it's just this little box TV and that's that was kind of funny. But How yeah. times change, hey? Yeah, now we have, the, well, we have so many screens. <laughs> we have like 16 room. monitors <laughs> yeah, in this room. Yeah, like, it's, uh, so yeah, that's my Germany moment. I love that. We, we talked about this on the show before. Frank Lampard, that moment is when I think everyone in the world was like, football needs video review yeah and now we're just like get rid of it if you don't know how to use it uh but that was to me i think one of the most iconic moments that lives in my mind of oh my god yeah. that was a goal 100 percent crazy i'm gonna pull it up here it's, yeah we, we moved our screens around in the studio so we now have a screen right in front <laughs> wow of technology so i am gonna look up this philip lom goal Please. very quickly Philip Lam versus Costa Rica. And then there's one other, for my rent-free moment, we're going to pull it up on here too. We need real-time reaction. Oh, it's the quick ad. Not yeah, Uber One ad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at this. So this is 2006, and this is when Germany hosted the World Cup. And it, yeah, is this it? It was nice. Yeah, this is it. Here we go. Wapow. Wow. Yeah, that was, this is like, Young oh, Philip Lam. Yeah, too. look at those those jerseys. Yeah, this was a year that wow. um, I think those are Adidas jerseys. Yeah, they are. They made like seven of the same shirt and just changed the colors. Like Spain, yeah, yeah, Spain yeah. and France have identical yeah, I remember, shirts. I remember. This one is just like holy. Oh, smokes. look, there's Michael, ba- a young yeah. Michael Ballack. Oh, this is given- closer. Yes, this love closer. Yeah, Torsten Frings would have been on this team. There was a tons of guys like. Germany, I think, finished third in this wow. World Cup. They did really well, but yeah. To everyone listening, please go and watch this, uh, this goal. Yeah, so that's please. a good one. My, and, and please f- pull this up. Yeah. Germany national coach picks his <sighs> nose. <laughs> the moment that lives rent-free in my mind is when the German national coach on live television <laughs> in the middle of a match picked his nose and ate it. And oh. I will never understand... <laughs> Who are they playing there? Portugal, funnily enough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. You know, to each their own. <laughs> but to do this when there is cameras on you, <sighs> and you know that once you do it once, yeah. it's going to constantly get panned back to you, how you how you have the confidence so just to dig and eat is scary. Oh, maybe it's a little peckish. Maybe protein. Hey, (laughs) right. Like you can't, sometimes you just need to get the extra protein in, but yikes. That was a, that always is something whenever I I'd watch them, I'm like, what is he doing? Yeah. Yeah. So good times. Okay. Uh, second team that we're ranking Portugal. Yeah. The this home is, of Cristiano. This is my, uh, sneaky good team. Really? Yeah. yeah. I am I'm not high on them this year. I just, they've had a lot of struggles and the, you look at the team, oh, so talented. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo, uh, Le- Leao, like yep. there's tons of guys in this team that you, you can list them all day and they're going to cause trouble at this World Cup. They'll do well. I'm not disputing that, but I just, I just don't know where they're at right now. Like I wonder, cause they like almost didn't qualify for the mm-hmm. World Cup. You know, they finished second in their qualifying group behind Serbia and then had to get through North Macedonia who proved a tough task for Italy. And now they're at the World Cup, which is ultimately doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. I'm just trying to pull up and see what group they're in here quickly. But I have them, I have them at 10 right now. Okay. That's where I have them at 10. They're, I think they're going to be a really good team there. I think they'll do well, but I don't know. I just don't have that feeling that they're going to be the Portugal we've seen like when they won the Euros. I have that resilience to kind of like keep yep. doing whatever they do. So they're in a group with Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. Difficult. Yeah. Difficult group. I think they'll top the group and I think they'll be fine. But I just, I don't know. I don't see them as a, a legit contender, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. So agreed on, on a lot of points. I have them sixth. Okay. And I think that, again, they're a sneaky, sneaky good team. 
when you look at the players they have on the team, it's some of the best footballers in the world right now. Definitely. That to me is just one of the biggest things that I'm drawn to. When you look at their roster, Cancelo, arguably the best left back in the world. Bernardo Silva, to me, the most underrated footballer in the world. I think that he is, he's so world-class and he's such a big part of the success of Man City. Then you have Jota, another player I really like, kind of been facing injuries. Hopefully we, we see him, you know, in full health at the World Cup. Bruno Fernandes, love him or hate him. You know, this guy's bringing the emotional game to the World Cup, which he's smart for it. He gets what he wants out of it. Rafael Leao, a guy obviously plays for AC Milan and just, we talk about that young generational talent that's up and coming. He's a part of the conversation and CR7. At the end of the day, whether or not you think he's finished or not, he's going to bring a wealth of experience and just impact to that Portuguese team. I don't personally think he's finished. I think he's going to do do well at the World Cup. Um, but at the end of the day, this guy you want in your locker room. He, he's one of the biggest faces in Portuguese football, in, in football overall. Mm-hmm. Where I have a question mark is is where you do. This team is built with individual superstars. What, are the look, what do they look like when they're playing in a starting 11 and, and they're playing as a team? Yeah. Can they mesh? Can they gel? Can they play, you know, that that type of Man City football that we're seeing with all these superstars in Man City, but they're still playing as a unit. Will that translate for this Portuguese national team? So solely on their talent and just looking at the players that they have, I'm like, this team can be really freaking good. But if they don't figure out how to do it as a team, then I don't think that they're going to have as much success as they potentially could. Based off talent, they're probably a top five Honestly. Team. Probably top five, like a few other names, like Ruben Diaz, Facility yeah. is great too. Nuno Mens plays for PSG. He's really good. Uh, one guy I like is uh, Paulinho. He plays yep. for Fulham. Yes, He's yes. unbelievable. My biggest question mark with them is the manager. I like. I don't think Fernando Santos is a great manager. Like there was a quote from him when uh, <laughs> they were playing in the Nations League, and I think it was actually Paulinho that went back and played centre back, and they brought on a midfielder, or maybe it was Ruben Neves. I can't remember who it was. They brought so they took off a defender, or like it was a red card or something like that. And instead of bringing on a defender, they just moved the midfielder back, and they were asked, they were like, "Oh, you had Thiago Jallo." on the bench and he's like, oh, I forgot he was even in my team. He's like, you're the manager. You pick the team. How Yikes, do you forget I someone's like on the that. bench? Like he was, so that guy, that kid would have been his first cap for Portugal as well. I don't like that. No. So it makes me wonder like, does this guy truly know what he's doing? He's also the manager that won the Euros with them somehow, but and also like bad vibes. And yeah, you question the EI there. That's yeah. a young footballer and you can't be no one, no one on a soccer team on a, in, in their job in anywhere in life wants to hear their boss or their manager say that to them. Oh, I forgot you were here. Oh yeah. My, could you imagine? Like it'd be awful. Confidence it, is like, whew. yeah. Like you got to wonder what this guy's done. Like you and like he hasn't, so he hasn't, he's 22 years old, plays for Lille, hasn't made a cap yet for Portugal. So he's got called up to this team. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's his first time, second time, whatever, but he's probably busting it in practice, like doing whatever he can to get noticed by the manager. And then he finally, this situation happens and he's like, okay, this is my time to, yeah. to really give it a go here, get on the field, prove myself before the World Cup. And your manager's just like, oh yeah, I forgot you were here. It's like, oh, right on. I Maybe I won't that. come back. Maybe I won't come back. <laughs> like, I don't like that comment at all. I am actually, you know what? Another episode, if we ever need a talking point, let's talk about managers going to the World Cup and how much pressure they're under. Berhalter, Southgate. Southgate. These are, these are, these are managers who have a lot on the line and a lot to prove. Even, um, the French manager, Deschamps, whatever his name is. I'm terrible at pronouncing names, but France hasn't been great since the World Cup, but now people are questioning him. And like, if Argentina don't do well at the World Cup, what does that mean for them? And you're like, going to this World Cup, it's, we say about the players a lot. How it's like a transition period from the legends to the next generation. Like feels that way for managers yeah. too. Going and thing like John Herdman should be fine. I can't yes. see anything going wrong with him. I mean, look what he's done. But yeah, there's a lot of those higher end guys. Like okay, like what do you want now? Yeah. Like even Hans Hans Flick from Germany. Like there's a lot at stake for a lot of these teams, and it's probably about twelve teams. I think they can win the World Cup. I can't wait. 11 of them are going to be very disappointed. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens. And I low key hope it's a team that no one's thinking can do it. I, I hope it's England, but but other than that, like, yeah, like it's, 
it's like the Champions League of Napoli, right? You want to see those teams yeah. where people don't expect to succeed. You want to see, you just want to see different stuff. Yeah, or have a solid run, like when Iceland went on that run in the Euro. That yeah. was unreal. Ghana at the World Cup in yeah. 2010. Like it, it's, it makes a sport exciting to get that far. And even, you know what, like we've said it on this episode, but like Portugal, like yeah. they they won the Euros. Yeah, but like that was, it was good to see them kind of go the distance, I suppose, and do something. So we'll see. I think there's a lot that could go wrong for the big teams. And I only think there's two genuine threats to win this thing. And Argentina's one, but with the injuries, like does that take them down a little yeah. bit? Like we'll see where we rank them in the power rankings, but right now they're probably still number one. For me. But I, hope, I hope they're in full health. They still have a little bit of time. All right, everyone. This has been Kicked Back presented by Uber One. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend. Manchester City and Liverpool on the weekend, among many other games. But that's the one that we are dialed into. There's some actually quickly. So, really good games? Uh, in Syria, I believe the top four teams all play each other. Sick. And then, uh, sorry, um, La Liga that happens. In La Liga, we have Real Madrid and Barcelona play each other. And that's Atletico right. Madrid and Atletico Bilbao. So the top four in, in La Liga all play each other this weekend. And in Serie A, there's also some really good games too. And also, if you want to kind of keep digging into it, in the Eredivisie, the top two teams play each other there as well. So it's like Sick. a really great weekend of football. And yeah, like you said, like Lazio Udinese is going to be a really good one in Serie A. And then, yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting weekend. It's, we're actually, you know what, football, club football's only been back two weeks now. And uh, this is, if you, hey, if you're not doing anything Saturday morning in Canada, like I got some plans for you. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> Sunday morning. So right where we are, Mountain Time, Real Madrid, Barcelona, 8.15. And then I think it's City, Liverpool at 9.30. It really doesn't get better than It that, doesn't. Does it? Enjoy it really your coffee and, and donut or whatever you guys eat in the morning. But that's the see, perfect start to the day. See what's on Uber Eats through yeah, Uber One. Yeah, it's true. You know, there you go. All right, guys, we'll thanks for then. watching. That's a wrap for another episode of Kickback, and thanks so much for listening. You can catch Caroline and Liam here every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give you the latest rundown on all things football. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a nice five-star rating. Please and thank you. And for even more Kickback content, follow the 90th Minute on all your favorite social channels. See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.